<laughs> Welcome back to the Fluence Podcast. I'm Uncle Bonehead, and with me is... That's your cue. You're supposed to say hi. Alan Taylor coming at you. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, why crypto social networks are needed in setting your expectations, expectations and goals. So let me play that fancy little intro real quick. No, I'm sorry. But that's probably our, our connection. But we are live. We are recording. Um, I played the intro already, so you won't be able to hear that. We are live in the Discord server. If you guys, anybody out there listening to this on the podcast would like to be here when we record live. We record live on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, yeah, Eastern Standard Time. Um, in the Defluence Discord, go to defluence.online slash Discord. Join the Discord, and we are in the live stage room. I think it's called Live Recording Lounge. And, of course, I've got some guy on a big, loud tractor going down the road. <laughs> Hopefully that didn't come through on the microphone. Are you there? Alvin, did I lose you? Yeah, I got kicked off the stage for a second, so I'm, oh. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back now. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, what was your question? Uh, I was seeing if you were there. <laughs> um, did, do you have any news items you want to talk about this week or no? Oh man, no, I didn't, uh. I didn't pull up anything in particular. One thing I did find interesting, though, uh, and this is really last week, but Avalanche had a flash loan attack. Really? Um, I think that was the first one uh, on the Avalanche uh, platform. Uh, it was it was pretty significant. Got some news, uh, and it looks like uh, several hundred thousand dollars were were snagged uh, by. Um, Somebody that uh, attacked the blockchain, took out a flash loan, and scraped away like uh, I think it was like three hundred and something thousand dollars or something like that. Holy cow! That's insane. Yeah, I, I think we're going to start seeing more of these. Uh, they're fairly recent. Uh, just in the last couple of years, we started seeing these. Uh, Flash loan attacks usually they happen on Ethereum, uh, but this one happened on Avalanche. Uh, yeah, they got away with three hundred and seventy thousand dollars in USDC, um, USDC stablecoin. Um, wow. And of course, it's anonymous. You know, they're using anonymous wallets, and so you don't know who it is. Uh, but they get away with the, this money just by exploiting a weakness in the smart contract. Wow, that's kind of like the same thing we talked about on last week was the FBI warning was that they were using the contracts as a way to to do it, to uh, thieve. Is that the same thing? Yeah, and, and it just gets to the heart of security, you know, <laughs> um, securing these smart contracts and, and securing the blockchain uh to protect them from such attacks. And, you know, the, the consensus is among experts really is that developers aren't going through the steps to make sure that these things are secure before they roll them out. So it's just an interesting thing. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing that, that scares me the most about the, about the Web3, but we'll get into that later if you guys would like to take a look at the whiteboard if you're watching the podcast video version it's on the screen now uh this is the difference between what we have for web 2 i don't know can you see my curse you guys probably can't see my cursor but up here on the left side we have web 2 
where you've got the the individual users this is what your facebook your twitter and stuff is and you sign you connect right to the site these web two people the the sites are making millions of dollars off of your information that you're giving to them in exchange to get onto this for free um which is one of the reasons why <laughs> are you sharing your are you sharing your screen there uh, it, are you sharing your screen yeah it's well i'm recording it but it's on that uh the whiteboard that i shared in there right there oh okay because yeah, i couldn't see it so oh okay <laughs> i put the link in the chat the uh Lost my train of thought. Oh, what we need. I, I see the link. I see the link you dropped. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. I, so you were talking about the Web Two platforms. Yeah. I just spilled my Mountain Dew. Sorry. <laughs> Let me throw my towel. Oh my! Caffeine abuse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Glad I missed my keyboard. All right, yeah, I see these. Uh, I see the diagram. I see the diagram you put up there. The Web two platforms and the Fediverse and the Web three. All right, got you. Yep. This is you know what what our options are now. There is, uh, you know, Web two. They're making money off of you. Oh, do you want to list the reasons why we don't, you know, why we need the crypto social, why we need the Fediverse and Web3 instead of the Web2. Because we can do see privacy. Yeah. Privacy is one. Um, security. Because you're putting your trust in somebody else to keep that stuff private. Um, free speech. You know, everybody's, you know, every, you have the right to, you know, say what you want. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. But I also have the right to not be offended by what you say, which means that I don't have to listen. So, but when you tell people they can't say certain things on that in in public, you're you're telling them that they don't have the right to say it, but they do. You know what I mean? They don't have to listen to you. I don't argue this very good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go with the. Uh, See, these are all, they go with all of these. I'm not very good at drawing here. <laughs> but they're in control. This site is in control of all of this. If you go to the, the Fediverse, the way the Fediverse works, the user connects to one site, and then all of the sites connect to each other. The only one that's really in control of the user is that one, is, is this site, the one that he connects to. But if you self-host it, then you're good. Did I lose you again, Alan? Looks like I did. Must be having some bad signals. Anyways, when you go to the Web3, I'm going to continue, try to continue this without Alan. <laughs> when you go to the, you know, the blockchain, the Web3, you connect to the blockchain and then you post to all these other apps through the blockchain. 
this right here, the Fediverse, is these each individual instances are maintained by whoever's running them. Could be Joe Smo, could be a company. But you're at the beck and whim of this guy. If you sign up and you're, you're using his instance, you got to put some kind of trust that he's not going to run out of money and close it down without telling anybody. So in other words, for the Fediverse to be worth it, you have to <laughs> self-host it on your own and you maintain your own site. With the Web3, you're just posting to the blockchain, and then the blockchain is posting to the other sites or dApps. The dApps are getting paid by the blockchain, and you're getting paid by the blockchain. And you're also transacting with the blockchain. So these are all... This is a self-sustaining model. This right here. That's a good point. Uh, I, I like I like the diagrams because they really give you a visual into how the structure is is set up. Um, one uh, another another way to visualize it is um, you know on your Web three diagram, many of these DApps can also interact with each other. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, you could draw lines between them and sort of make, you know, blockchain like a center circle with the dApps surrounding them. They can interact with the blockchain and they can interact with each other as well. Um, it's not like that in every, every blockchain ecosystem, but on certain blockchains that can happen. Right. Uh, with the Fediverse, with the Fediverse, it's fairly, it's decentralized, but it's de it's decentralized in a different structure, uh, as you point out here. So, um, what a, you know, one of the examples of a Fediverse is Mastodon. We talked about that the other day. Yep. Mastodon allows you to set up your own your own channel, your own server, and you can interact with other channels and other servers, and even send out messages to people who are not actually a part of your server. Right. And that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, uh, it, I like it, but there's no, uh, there, there's, there is, you know, unlike on Hive, for instance, where nobody can boot you off the blockchain. Right. You might get, uh, you might get blocked from certain dApps. You know, yeah. certain dApps might be able to block you, but you can't get, you know, uh, banned from the blockchain and if if you get banned from a certain dap then your content still exists on the blockchain it just may not be shown on that dap and uh with the fediverse uh, you you can be booted from a server but then i think all of your content goes with it right Isn't that right yep it, it, yeah, it, so, it's a, yeah, the Fediverse, so. if uh, if you if you're on a Mastodon server and you get booted from that Mastodon server, your stuff is gone. It's just like being on regular old you know Web two, which means that you're you you can t you can download your stuff and move to a different instance or a different server. But it's if they if they, if you get blocked from one server, nine times out of ten, the other servers are going to block you too, which is basically going to you're you're censored, you're banned. You can still be banned from the metaverse. You keep disappearing on me. 
<laughs> you must have a bad signal or something. <laughs> uh, I keep getting booted off. I don't know why. Uh, I've had good connection ever since I got here. I have not had any issues. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting booted off the server. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm working from a different location than I have been all week. Uh, my, <laughs> I had dropped my wife off at her mom's house. <laughs> Ah. She wanted to do some sewing and stuff. And so I'm parked out front of my mother-in-law's house. But it's a clear day, and I mean, everything is good. Uh, I don't know why uh, all of a sudden I'm having issues. It's because, you know, it's the, the gremlins. <laughs> yeah, let's see. You know, I have a mobile Wi-Fi, so, I, you know, I'm hitting the same I'm hitting the same connection that I've been hitting all week long from another location. I don't know why. I don't What's know why I'm having issues. Should be What's no your, reason for this. What's your uh, signal look like? Oh, looks good when it's when it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got a good signal. It just uh, every few minutes, bam, I uh, lose connection, and I have to. Uh, it, it comes right back, you know. It just logs, it kicks me off, picks me back up, then I got to re-enter the stage again. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening. It's crazy. Sorry about that uh, to the audience. Uh, but could, that's uh, that's could, what I'm dealing with. Could be your network. Network is busy. A lot of people online. Yeah, it could there. be. I don't know. It's. Uh... But anyways, the. But uh, anyways, yeah, I like what you're saying there. It's but you know with Web three, you're posting to the blockchain. You can set up your own front end, and people that are on these other DApps they can still access you by going to your server, going to your front end. Or they can build their own front end. Right. And, you know, <laughs> get get your information from the blockchain. The Fediverse, you know, once you're gone, you're gone. <laughs> they can't, nobody will find you. Um, excuse me. That was really rude of me. <laughs> so... I thought you spilled your Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did spill all of it, but some of it. So, we've got eight criteria that we think that everybody should be looking for. Number one, when you're looking for a platform to join. Number one, is it decentralized? And how? How is it decentralized? Is it blockchain? federated and can you trust the platform to be there or will it disappear when somebody you know runs out of money for the hosting All right or or they tick somebody off and their <laughs> their server is um you know destroyed or something you know right. like what's happened uh in the past you know with parlor and a few other yeah. uh, uh applications is you know, if you're hosting on AWS or uh, through one of the Web2 hosting companies and they don't like something you're doing, well, they can just um, they can just ban you from their service. Yeah. Uh, you know, Google Play, for instance, can uh, can just remove your app from their store. Exactly. Um, you know, Apple, they can, yeah, they can remove your app from their store. AWS can, you know... Um, cancel your hosting. So, um, if you're decentralized, then that can't happen. Right. The uh, another. Oh, yeah, that was just number two. Can it delete, ban, or block you from access to your account? That's a very important po point. <laughs> That's basically right. what you just said. But if you were talking about on the the hosting level. Uh, yeah, the hosting level and even the connection level, too. Um, you know, ISPs can ban you. But that's being that's more from a user perspective, getting connected to as opposed to uh, the server level where you are uh, where you are publishing. Right. Now, I think I think from this point. And also, we can talk a little bit about the history of decentralization and where it came from uh, with online networks. You know, uh, a lot of people don't know 
really where the internet came from, how it started, why right. it was uh, decentralized, what the structure was. You know, uh, it, it started way back in the 50s yep. with the ARPANET, the you know, Department of Defense, set up during the Cold War a uh, communication between computers. And it was really for a practical purpose so that, you know, scientists and government workers in different parts of the country or world even working on the same project could communicate with each other. So they built networks that allowed them to do that, wide area networks, they were called. Um, but they wanted to do it in such a way that if a, if an attack on that network were to take place from a foreign country or an enemy nation, then the entire network couldn't be taken down. And that was very important because that was a very real threat. And uh, so they built the network so that it was decentralized. And that meant if an attack on a certain node on that network uh, were to take that node down, then the rest of the network would still survive. Right. Um, yeah, and that's where decentralization came from. So as the Internet grew and became commercialized in the 80s, uh, that feature um, was still intact. And then in the 90s, early 90s, when the World Wide Web came about, um, through the introduction of HTTP and, and other, uh, you know, and TCP IP, then uh, that feature was still intact. It was, the early web was decentralized. And you can argue in a certain sense that technologically, the Internet, the World Wide Web is still decentralized. But on top of that, there's a very real sense where big tech has kind of taken over. And what you have is these silos, these huge walled gardens where, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all these big tech corporations have their own ecosystems and inside those ecosystems, they're like God. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> they think <laughs> and they so, are. Yeah. yeah. And, and like if you go to Facebook, you know, uh, it's free to join. But uh, when when you're inside Facebook, you can't do whatever you want to do. Nope. Um, they have rules. They have guidelines. And if you go against them, they can ban you and kick you out. Um, they can shadow ban you, uh, which is, you know, diminishing the value or diminishing the spread or engagement of your content so that everyone uh, doesn't benefit from that. And, and in some ways, that's good, because if you're distributing pornography or, you know, something that is destructive, then they have some control over that. But right. if it's political speech they disagree with... <laughs> Well, then that power is not so good. So right, um, but it's technically and, and not. They can they can manipulate the content. It's not even really free either. Yeah, yeah go ahead. It's not even really free. No, it's not free. It, it's it's yeah, it's free as in monetary. But it's but you're paying for it, it with your right. There is a cost. with your information. Yeah, there is a cost. You're you're paying for it with. Uh, in several ways, you're paying for it with, uh, you know, uh, with your distribution of of content according to their rules, their algorithms, but also because they're collecting data on you. Um, there is a real risk to your personal information, your data, whatever you share with them, being breached, and we've seen it multiple times where. Uh, people lose control of their content uh, or lose control of their identity on these platforms because their uh, account has been hacked or the server has been hacked and you know thousands or millions of people information has gotten into the hands of someone that they wouldn't approve right uh, so there there is there is that cost of uh, being free and the old adage is if 
if the product if the product is free, then you are the product. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, and once they collect information on you, they can do whatever they want with it, including selling it to other parties. And they've done that too. Yep, a lot. <laughs> Now, point number three, if it's a blockchain, can you power down, unstake, convert, and or withdraw your crypto that you earned on it and take it with you? There are some some crypto social networks that you cannot do that. It's You're stuck with leaving it there. DLive is one of them. <laughs> I don't think DLive... Who, who is one? DLive. Oh, D-Live. Yeah, okay. Um, there's, a, there's the flip verse of that as well. Uh, is it too easy to um, remove your crypto from the platform? Uh, it can be too easy. One of the things I appreciate about Hive and Steam it before it is the power down uh, process. They don't allow you to just take all of your earnings in one fell swoop. It takes 13 weeks. Right. So if you've built up this huge, massive wallet, uh, let's say with 100,000 Hive, and, and you, know, you have 100,000 Hive power, you can't just remove it all at once. Right. Because that could, if you have 10 people who do that at the same time, that could crash the entire economy. Yep. But, but if you... Take it out a little bit at a time, then it has less of a shock effect on the overall crypto economy. And I have seen platforms plunge into oblivion because all of their users were just, just taking out all of their earnings every single week. You know, Narrative is one that was on the NEO blockchain, and they didn't have any staking mechanism. They didn't have any way for people to invest or reinvest their earnings back into the platform. So everybody was taking their stuff out every week, whatever they earned by the end of nine months, it was dead. Wow. <laughs> they don't, they don't exist anymore. Uh, so it can be too easy to take your, uh, take your earnings off of the platform as well. I, I just checked my, my hive wallet. I'm 24 points from reaching from breaking 2,000 high power. Getting, oh, getting cool! There. Getting there. <laughs> I'm a, one of these That's days. Awesome. One of these days, I'll be a redfish. Do you? <laughs> are Are you doing that organically? Yep. Are you doing that organically, or do you put yep. money into it every now and then? I've never put any money into it. Done it all from the beginning. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the first. I did that when I was on Steam. It. I, I did it the same way. I did it all organically, and I had at the end of a year a little over a thousand dollars in my a uh, thousand Steam dollars in my account. A thousand dollars worth of Steam power. Um, <laughs> cool. After about a year of uh, regular posting, uh, I'm doing Hive a little differently. Uh, I put about a um, hundred. It's a little less than a hundred. I buy a hundred Hive every month ah. and put in my account. So I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it all organically. So, uh, whatever the price of hive is, it usually comes to about 50, 60, maybe 70 bucks. Wow. Um, That's not but bad. I, I do that every month. I want to grow it a little faster. Yeah. I just, I wanted to grow it a little faster. Uh, so, but I don't want a lump sum in there. So I put a little bit in there each month. Uh, so it grows faster and uh, I want to see how that goes. Cool. I've, 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 when I first joined, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to spend any, anything. I'm going to see if I can do this all, you know, on its own type thing. Just to see if I can do it. <laughs> and it, it seems to be working so far. Yeah, I think, it, I think it'll work. It, yeah, it, it'll work if you keep. If you don't cash it out, if you just keep putting your earnings back into the ecosystem, uh, power up, power it up into Hive Power, and just let it sit there, then you know right now the market is low. Right. Think about in the next bull run, if uh, the price of Hive, which usually happens in a bull run, 
you know, rising tide raises all ships, right? Right. Um, 90% of the crypto will go up. So Hive is close to 50 cents right now. Um, if it goes up, the next bull run, let's say, goes up four times what the current value is. It could go up more than that. But if it goes up four times, um, I might be at $2 then at that point. Nice. Then then you could power down some of that, you know, when the market's at its peak and then still have more hive power at the end of your power down than when you started. Cool. Hell yeah. But uh, I do all of the, I'm I'm getting a lot of the, a lot of HBD. And I use the HBD, I use like, was it seven or eight HBD a month on on a perfect server for UncleBonehead.xyz, which is my Superhive instance, which is really cool. But <laughs> I'll back, cool. back to the, uh, whatchamacallit? The points number four. <laughs> back to the show. We, yeah. we interrupt this intermission to get back to the show. <laughs> A little digression. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, number four. How bright? How vibrant is the ecosystem that's that's being built around it? Is there more than one front end to it? Is it uh, like some of these? Uh, what do you call them? It seems like every every week you see an announcement the world's first social media blockchain and, and it's always it's always a one <laughs> company <crack> me up. <laughs> there's always one company that's got one site and they think that this is going to be the one that makes it and it's everyone every time i'm like you should go look at hive i mean hive's got three speak essency peak d um STEM, Leo Finance. Finance. I mean, there's like 15 different front ends for it, you know, that are really popular. And yeah, and then there's uh, more than a hundred different DApps. You got games, you know, you've got different applications that serve different purposes, and and it's open source, so anyone can build a DApp, right? uh, Which makes it super easy. And encourages the growth of the ecosystem. I think this is one of the most important parts of the list. Um, the ability uh, to build on top of the blockchain. If there's only one company or one entity that can build on top of the, the foundation, then it's not really free. It's not really... Nope. Uh, you know, it diminishes the benefit of of the platform. So I, you know, in that regard, in that regard, I think hive has all the others beat. Uh, there's so many where, where you see, like you said, just one interface and just one platform and you go to that platform and that's all there is. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, Uh, it's like you want me to sign up and join this for what? (laughs) Another part of the vibrant thing is, there's a lot of people there, you know, and some of these other places like the one that you, you, I signed up for the other day was lens and I, or not lens. What was it? Noise. And I went over there. Noise app. Yeah. I went over there and I'm checking it out. I signed up. I'm like, cool. There's actually people on here, but there's nowhere the activity that you see on hive. Not even, yeah. not even a tenth of the activity you see on Hive. Yeah, well, Noise App is just getting started. It just launched. Right. Yeah, so I, I, it, it I get that to grow, but yeah, but I there are that. some others out there where, yeah, the activity is nowhere near what you're saying. Is nowhere near what it is on Hive. One that I'm looking forward to is one you just mentioned is uh, Lens. Yeah, that that uh, looks Lens. interesting. Yeah, they're, what they're promising to do is build a social graph where you can uh, build a following and then 
take that following with you if you leave a certain platform and take it somewhere else. Right. Uh, and that looks promising, uh, but of course, you know, an idea is just an idea. In order to succeed, it has to be well executed. So I'll be anxious to see how they do it, how they roll it out. But currently, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And it's a it's more of a protocol than it is a crypto blockchain, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited about it. Um, I argue in my book uh, that the future... Uh, uh, you know, of blockchains and the future of the web is going to be, um, is going to belong to protocols. Protocols, not platforms. Web 2 is all about platforms. Yep. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of these are platforms. Creators are encouraged to um, launch their own platforms or build their own platforms. But yeah, of course, you have to use the tools of the web, um, you know, other people's platforms to build your own platform. Web three is different. Creators will build their own platforms, but instead of using um, platforms like Facebook and Twitter and, you know, uh, corporate owned platforms to build their own personal platform, they're going to be using protocols to build a platform. And a protocol, by definition, is not owned by anybody. Anybody can use it. Right. And that's going to be the power of web. Web three is going to be in protocols. And if we have really good protocols, then anyone should be able to build a platform that uses that protocol in a very powerful way. Right. That'll be nice. Now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Like, like library is a protocol. Yeah. Uh, the problem I have with library, though, is it's it, even though it's not owned necessarily by the library foundation, they do exercise a bit of a, a control over it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Have Have they opened it up so that anyone can build on top of it i haven't seen yeah that. there's there's supposed to be a couple of places a couple of other front ends that are in the process of, of being done but as far as i know there's nothing released yet there is a okay. there is a, a front end that you can self-host that's basically just looks like odyssey but it's, you know, you host, host it on your own server. And it just uses the library protocol to pull in the videos. But it doesn't interact with the LBC or anything like that. Okay. Hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. Um, yeah, as long as, as long as it's something that other people can come along and build on top of and, and use... Um, for their own purposes, without taking away from what you've done, right? Then I'd I'd say that's a huge benefit. Uh, you know, that's what makes Ethereum so powerful. Uh, even though you know there's high gas fees, they have a problem with scaling. <laughs> that's why they're rolling out the merge. You know, it's not perfect, but no. it, it's a you know it it was an improvement over Bitcoin because nobody could build on top of Bitcoin, right? Um. Then they came along with the Lightning Network, which kind of changed that. But um, Ethereum on layer one, anyone can build on top of it. And that's what made it such a great thing. Right. Now, number five, how easy is it to get on board these things, is it? Does it require any kind of KYC, you know, know your customer? Will you get to, like, to get on Hive? You can get on Hive pretty easy. Sometimes it can be free, and other places they want you to to pay for it. Um, a lot of times it re you require a uh, an invite type thing, um, like this one that I signed up the other day was a noise that you had to send me the the invite for, or was that lens? Right. 
One of those two. No, that was yeah, that was noise. The noise noise app. Yeah. This you know, just you need to find an easy an easy way to get on board to one of these crypto social platforms. It's I guess the easiest way for me to put it is can you just sign up? <laughs> 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 yeah, some people say the the hive sign up process is difficult, and I would I would argue that it, it is a little bit clunky. Um, but if you understand why the process is built in the way that it is, then I think I think it becomes easier. the The problem is. Uh, nobody until, until web three came along, until cryptographic security became a thing, nobody thought, uh, about their personal security in the same way that people in web three think about it. Right. And so, you know, you have these long strings of, you know, 30 or 60 character, um, keys <laughs> that you have to use to lock. I mean, you can't, it's so long, you can't remember it. Right. That's the and purpose. That's the point. <laughs> exactly. That's the point is if you can remember it, so can somebody else. <laughs> Easily. And, and the whole point is to make it difficult for somebody to break in and steal your assets. And when you're earning rewards on a blockchain, that kind of security is very important. Right, because uh, you don't want to build up a a wallet of a hundred thousand dollars, only to have somebody come in and steal it because it was so easy to do. Right, um, and so security is very important. Uh, uh, but you know, like you say, is it easy to join? Do you have to jump through hoops? One of the uh, one of my beefs with voice, uh, if you're familiar with voice, the current NF the NFT platform on EOS. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, heard of it. One of my beefs with them was their KYC. Yeah, you, know, you had to KYC to get in because they want to make sure that you know, you're not using a fake name. Right. Uh, oh, well, what would be so wrong with it if I did? <laughs> right? Uh, you know, so you have, to, you have to take a picture of your driver's license, and half the time it didn't work anyways. You had to do it five times to get it to take. Yep. Um, you know, now... I will say KYC is a necessary legal requirement in some cases. Yep. If you're if you're doing financial things and you're selling securities and that kind of thing, uh, but if your purpose is just to show up and show and show off your cat memes, there's no purpose for KYC. Exactly. <laughs> Why are we doing it? Uh, it's like, you know. I have a love-hate relationship with NFTs. I get what they are, but I don't get why people are making such a big deal about them. Because it's just, people need to realize that they are digital goods. And being an NFT, right. it is cryptographically signed stating that this is the original. It's like if you've got you've got a million pictures of the Mona Lisa, but there's only one real Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. And, and people just they don't understand that. Yeah. Well, there there is a uh, you know on the NFT uh, side of the house there there is the criticism that the actual value of the nft is in the metadata it's not necessarily the image itself because right some people have actually right click and save those images <laughs> and basically they can use that image um but it doesn't have it doesn't have a, like you say cryptographic signature attached to it it's just an image right so people can take the image what they can't take what they can't take is the metadata associated with that image Right, um, and, and there's the difference. Uh, but they can still, you know, I think Elon Musk 
did this. He took like one of the bored apes or something and made it his Twitter avatar. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't own it. He just he just showed that yeah. I mean, all you do is save the image, and you can make the image and do anything you want with it. Right. Um, it's just a copy of the image. It's a copy of the image, is what it is. It's not the actual uh, uh, original image. It's just a copy of the image. Right. Uh, but but you like you were saying with the cat like memes, the, there are people that think that you know they can take a meme and go NFT it and make it worth a thousand you know, thousand dollars or whatever. And it's like, no, it's not the same thing. No. <laughs> right. That'd be like taking, like you said, be like taking the Mona Lisa and copying it and turning it into an FT and expecting it to sell for the same price as the original Mona Lisa. Exactly. No, it's just a copy of the Mona Lisa. It's not going to be the same value as the original. <laughs> yep. Now, number seven. Yeah. So. Oh, go ahead. Are we on seven or number six? I think six. we're on number six. Yeah, number yeah six. so they, yeah. But I, I, I get your point on the KYC. Uh, it makes it, it makes it easier. You want, you want to make the platform easy to get uh, onboarded onto. Right. Uh, if it's too difficult, if it's too difficult to onboard, um, then, you know, some of the platforms like charge a small amount. Uh, there, you know, this is one of my frustrations with some of them is like whale shares, for instance. Uh, you get onboarded and then you can't post unless you unless you buy some of the uh, the content, buy some of the, uh, the, the crypto. <laughs> you have to have. Wait a minute. Um, you, you just let me in. Now you're saying I got to buy some crypto in order to post. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, there, right there. If I have to buy your crypto to post, right there, you've already put up an obstacle, an unnecessary obstacle. Yep. Um, yeah. That's it. so. Uh, you know, I, I don't have to buy Hive to post, but I can't post twenty times a day on my first day on right. Hive either because oh. of resource credits. Yep. Can I have some <laughs> um, resources? So that cuts down on spam. Yeah, you know, cuts down on spam, but it doesn't make me buy um, the content or buy the crypto in order to post. Right. Okay. Now number six. <laughs> How is the platform? Yeah. Sorry, I, I had a break in. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> number number six. How is the platform funded? Is it venture capital? Capital? Private funding? Who's paying for the infrastructure? Um, like the Fediverse. I'll use this as an example for the Fediverse. If you're self-hosting, you're the one that's paying for your server, whether it's a home server, a VPS, or whatever. You're paying for it with time on learning how to do it. And you're paying monetary for the actual physical hosting. Uh, the if you can't do that, you have to rely on somebody else who is also doing the same thing that's coming out of their pocket. And then you're putting your trust that they're going to stay there <laughs> and they're not going to run out of money and destroy their server. And then you're left hanging. Um, with the crypto social, the dApps are interacting with the blockchain the blockchain is ran by witnesses witnesses are making money for hosting the nodes and they're also spending the money for the hosting so it, it all turns into a big ecosystem to where everything is funding everything else and you're getting funded but you're also spending to transaction to post on it so it's it's a big circle. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I like about that is actually, uh, you know, I, I like this point because a lot of, you know, web one and web two were built with venture capital. Yep. 
you know, the, you look back at the at the organizations, uh, the businesses that were started and that you know thrived, that survived, that were are still with us. Virtually every one of them received some sort of capital um, to launch, and those investors profit from the success of those organizations. That's right. traditional business. That's the way business pretty much has been done um, for a very long time. Yep, generations. <laughs> what I like about Web, yeah, yeah. What I like about Web three is it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily have to. Businesses don't have to start that way. You can shoestring a business, and a lot of people have strung. You know, even in traditional business structures. People have started from scratch and built successful businesses that were self-funded businesses. They didn't go out and get capital. That That is one way to succeed in business, uh, even in, in traditional business. And with Web3, what I like is there's there's a middle ground. You, you don't have to seek venture capital. You don't have to shoestring it all yourself. You can have a community-oriented uh, business model that incentivizes other people to come in and join the ecosystem. Um, and well, they may put up capital, they may not. It could be just that you, know, you have this swarm of people that join the blockchain uh, or a DAO or whatever the you know, structure is, and they benefit by uh, build, helping you build the organization uh, because they can um, monetize their efforts the same way you monetize your efforts. So if you have 100 people, for instance, uh, shoestringing it, uh, the same organization or the same business model, that's so much more powerful than one person shoestringing it. Yep. If if you just have one person doing it, you're relying on your efforts. You're going to find other people who are talented and pay them um, something for their effort. You're trading labor for, uh, you know, but it's coming out of your pocket, right? right. Whereas if you have a hundred other people showing up and putting in sweat equity because they believe in what you're doing, then everyone can profit from that. And that's so much more powerful than just one person going it alone. Right. Now, number seven kind of ties into this. Is, is there a company behind the blockchain? Um, because when when you get to, speaking of the venture capital, private you know private funding, whatever, it's if there's a company that's controlling it, they're the ones that are typically funding it, or there's somebody else, you know, funding them. But if they don't have the return on investment, they could just you know walk away <laughs> which would leave the platform oh yeah which could leave it behind there's i've seen this happen several times because when i first started getting into this and looking for one i can't even remember the name of the company now but it was something to do not with ipfs it's called bit bit traders or something like that bit 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 chain i think but anyways, they had this whole ecosystem of apps. You know, they even had email app, you know, that was run on the blockchain. And I went and I joined it up and there was it was literally a ghost town. Every every dap they had was test post here, test post, test post, test post. There was like literally nobody on this thing. <laughs> and then right. And I was that, that was when I ran ran into Steam and then Hive, you know, because it was right after the hard fork that I was getting that I was getting into all this. And I was like, yeah, Hive's the one that I'm going to. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's a good uh, way to analyze because, like you say, if there's a company, if the survival of the blockchain or the survival of the platform is dependent on a company or a person being there to make it run, to operate it and keep it going, 
then you have to trust that person or company. Yep. And you know, and uh, trust that know, they're going to stay in it. Yeah. I, you know, what happens if they get sick or they're hospitalized and, and they can't be there to run the operation? Mm-hmm. Well, then the whole thing dies. You know, it may not even be that they did anything. You know, maybe, you know, it could just be unforeseen circumstances that caused them to be out of the loop for a while and the whole thing dies. Yep. Exactly. And then finally, I think that's a very important criteria. Yeah, it is. Some people don't really think about. Uh, finally, do the witnesses, founders, and other power brokers earn rewards and follow the same rules as everyone else, or do they have a different set of rules for themselves? Explain this one, because you put it in there, yeah. and I'm not very... Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, it's it's a great uh, so... point, but expound on this. <laughs> So on high, for instance, um, the witnesses they have they have a they have a pool a separate pool of rewards that they receive uh, their earnings from for operating node or you know for finding blocks okay for validating blocks on the blockchain, um, but that's equal among all of the witnesses. They all follow the same set of rules. So I'm not talking about that. When it comes to posting content on the blockchain, the witnesses still earn from the same pool of rewards that everyone else earns from. So they're following the same rules of the blockchain. Right. Right. Uh, There's one pool for uh, creators. There's one pool for curators. And there's a pool for witnesses. And the rules for earning on each of those pools is the same for everybody. Right. Now, you can, if the blockchain were set up such that, um, let's say you and I are both witnesses, uh, but you create a DAP that everybody really likes. And because you, because you created this DAP that is really cool, and improves the blockchain. We're going to say, you know what, we're uh, because we like your DAP. We're going to give you some extra rewards. Well, that's not available to anyone else, right? Uh, now your DAP can cre- your DAP can be created in such a way that it earns rewards because of usage, because people uh, use the DAP, and therefore uh, it generates rewards for them and for you. That's okay. But if you're expecting certain privileges because, you know, you're a swell guy or because (laughs) you're one of the founders. So we're just going to give you an extra, you know, uh, set of keys um, to do whatever you want with. That's not good. So the, the system needs to be fair and equitable. And what I like is when founders embed in the blockchain, um, the requirement that they themselves have to follow the same rules as everyone else, that tells me that they believe in the product. Right. If they set, if they set aside certain, um, you know, some blockchains will say, okay, the founders get an, the founders, we're distributing 15% or 5% of uh, the initial uh, pre-mined crypto for the founders just for founding the blockchain that tells me they don't, they don't really believe in the blockchain. They're giving themselves a reward just for coming up with the idea. Right. And that to me smacks of traditional business thinking and not web three thinking. Right. It's definitely not the, the way to lead from the beginning for, I guess what I'm trying to say is lead from the front, not very good leadership. Lead from the That's... front, not from the rear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if, if if it's such a great product, if it's such a great thing, 
then you should eat your own lunch. Yep. Right. Right. Um, you know, you, if it's if it's so good for everyone else, then it should be good enough for you too. Right. It's like the the CEO or or the the chairman of the board of of uh, GM driving a Bentley instead of a yeah, GM product. Yeah, I, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. If 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 he's driving a Bentley because he built a company that was profitable and he earned that Bentley um, by working on the corporation and building it up. Now, if he shows up on day one with a Bentley <laughs> <laughs> and say, well, I, I bought this from, I bought this car from future earnings. Right. That's, okay. That's different. Okay. Uh, future earnings, those earnings may not ever appear. Those future earnings, um, they don't belong to you yet. Uh, so, yeah, and if you buy if you buy that Bentley from past earnings because you built a great company, that's the way it's supposed to work. Right. That 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 was a much better analogy. But in Web three, yeah, in Web, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and what I like about Web three is Web three allows people to build. Uh, technological systems that help everyone earn uh, for their contributions. Uh, but that earning power, that earning potential should be the same for everyone who sits in the same class, right? Right. Um, so all the witnesses, um, right. they follow the same set of rules. All the creators, they follow the same set of rules. All the curators, they follow the same set of rules. Um, if you have a special privileged class that gets extra benefits just because, well, we like them, you know, that to me, um, that's more like crony capitalism and less like real Web3 decentralization. All very, very important points. And I think this is... Yeah, I'd like to ask uh, the audience if anybody here has other criteria, anything that that we missed that um, that we could add to the list. Yeah, you guys you can type it in chat if you think of something. Because otherwise, we are almost done. You guys awake? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty encouraging. We have. 34 people in the server now uh, in just yeah, uh, about that's... a week we've uh, we've managed to uh, um, get uh, 34 people awesome I don't know I think Stevenson I think he's looking working. forward to I don't know if Trey is looking forward to seeing it grow yeah Trey and Stevenson you guys uh, you still there <laughs> we didn't put you to sleep did we <laughs> Oh, and and to share posted in the general room that he couldn't come because he was studying for an exam. So, that's cool. Hey, well, huh? hey, wow. I think that was a pretty good discussion. Uh, you know, I don't know if we got to the bottom of everything or the bottom of anything, but we had <laughs> a pretty good discussion, and and I had some fun. Yeah, me too. Um, you got to spill some Mountain Dew. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my desk is nice and sticky now. Yeah. But it was fun. Well, don't, don't you guys, say that too loud. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can uh, find us on your favorite podcasting app platform, wherever podcasts are free, free podcasts are sold. Check us out at defluence.online. You can email the podcast at podcast at defluence.online. You can get on Discord or Discord servers, defluence.online slash Discord. I think that pretty much covers everything. Find us on Hive uh, yeah, next thank week. Thank you guys for showing up. And uh... Next week, we are going to talk about Hive. So if you're interested in coming to Hive, 
been discussing, I come on over. Um, after that, I think we're going to do was it read noise.cash or noise.app? What is that? Read, read cash and noise cash. Oh. Read cash and noise cash okay. are both on the uh, Bitcoin Cash blockchain. So we'll do that the week after Hive. Next week we're doing Hive and uh, we'll discuss the platforms, what we like, what we don't like, and uh, what can be improved. And, you know, we welcome others to come and join us to listen. And if you've got some insight, if you're a Hive user, especially a power user, uh, and you want to join the discussion, then hit up Uncle Bonehead or myself, and uh, we can invite you up on the stage to talk about uh, what you like about Hive. Absolutely. Cool. So I'm going to play the outro, and we'll catch you guys again next week. <laughs>